Hello and welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship. My name's Doug Jones and Caddy Corner to me. My Caddy Corner? Okay. Jason Wheeland. Thanks for getting around to saying your name. Sorry, I was I was too busy thinking like, is this cat? Is this because I can rotate? I can make you like, oh, okay. catty corner, like right? Okay. Uh, hey, you uh, you had a birthday yesterday from yesterday from this recording, recording not day, from day of release. Was my birthday, that's yeah, true. You doing anything cool? Uh, yes, my wife surprised me and uh, took me indoor skydiving over the weekend. Sweet. Uh, she had me convinced for a second that it was real skydiving, and I was. A bit uh, trepidatious. Oh wow, that's we'll say. that's a very light yeah. reaction to that. I would have been a little bit. Uh, what's the well, word? I wasn't one hundred percent convinced. <laughs> I wasn't one hundred percent convinced that's what was really happening because I don't think she would ever like want me to go skydiving. But indoor skydiving was fun. I, w- I wore a Batman suit. You did? Yeah, they had. I'll show you. Like with a ca- equipped with a cape? Uh, no, it doesn't have a cape. But that seems they, like a death trap. No, because they make <laughs> you wear like a jumpsuit, and everybody else. It was like a group of like eleven people, all of which I did not know. Yeah. Um, and they all chose like the generic basic jumpsuits, and there was a guy at the costume counter because they had a Superman and a Batman, going like nobody's, and so I was like, I'll do it. I'll be Batman. So I wore a Batman suit, flying through the air. Yeah. So you picked a flightless superhero. To go, I know. I, I after the fact, you think about it, but in the moment, the suit was cooler than <laughs> Superman's suit. Whatever. So, on a scale of one to restrictive, how skin tight was this? Was it like full oh, on Batman? It wasn't really super skin tight. Oh, no, it wasn't like a big onesie, like pajama kind of deal. Essentially, it's more just so they make sure that things aren't like flying out of pockets and yeah. things like that. But. Yeah. But like you're hit with wind of 150 miles an hour. It's crazy, and it's holding you up. And you're. I did that once a long, you know, several yeah, years yeah. ago. Man, it was it was fun. Short but fun. It's short but fun. That's true. Nobody ever waste money on taking me skydiving though, because I will not be no, jumping out of that I, plane. I, I, I nah, nah, nah. That is just foolhardy. <laughs> Go ahead and comment if you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. if you enjoyed your own indoor skydiving experience and what superhero you were. Everyone will now join me in wishing you a belated happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Oh, I thought you were going to say Did you hear that? No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I thought you wow. were prepping up. You breathed in. I no, thought you were. You wish. <laughs> All right. We should, probably, uh, we should probably intro this thing. Today, we're going to be talking with our friend Julie Chung. Julie is the director of workplace ministries here at Saddleback Church. Uh, and she's going to tell us all that that entails and everything. But if you're a podcast listener, that means a lot of you are probably listening to this right now on your way to or from work. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. Because we know who you are. That's right. I listen to podcasts. John. I know there's a John Whoa. out there. Whoa. John, you were called out. You've been called out, bro. Uh, Matt. Susan. Anyway. Stuart. <laughs> yeah. We're just taking... Anyway, we know a lot of you guys are... are You're in the workplace each and every day. It's just part of your, your daily life. Julie is a lady you need to be connected to. Today, you're going to get to meet her a little bit, get to know her just a little bit. Um, and she's going to talk about her favorite person in the Bible... I almost said it. <laughs> I was going to say, Doug, it's got to be a Whoops. surprise. Almost a, almost a mistake. Anyway, uh, we'll be back with Julie Chung in just a moment. Don't go away. Hey, everybody. We're back with Julie Chung. Thanks for being here, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, we said in the intro what you do, but can you expand a little bit and just explain what you do here at Saddleback and what you enjoy about it? I would love to. What I get to do at Saddleback Church is I get to answer the question, how do you integrate your faith at work? Mm. As a believer, 
I think in the last 30, 40 years, we've divided the two, the secular and the sacred, you know? Mm. But I don't know that that was actually the call. I don't know that that was what was meant for us. Sure. So I get to answer that question. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't want to dig into this too much, but can you explain like what that looks like? So what exactly do you guys offer uh, within Workplace Ministries? So right now we're developing actually five really cool assets of just mm. practical ways that you can apply to safely reflect your faith in your mm. workplace, you know, and just really answer the questions of fear that people have, you know, fear of rejection, fear of making people uncomfortable, you know, mm. but what are some practical tools to help equip you for really when the opportunity presents itself? That's you know? sweet. And also, I don't know, I think we have to believe that evangelism looks different at your workplace. It doesn't always necessarily have to be about, you know, questioning people's salvation. Yeah. If it works, hey, great. But I don't know that it always does. You know, I think that God gave us things like the fruit of the spirit. You know, how do you how do you judge a person or how do you see that by the fruit? Yeah. Right. And yeah. what does that look like in your workplace? Because below that, what people forget after the long list of fruit of the spirit that I can't always <laughs> remember, but that's okay, right? <laughs> It's nine things. It's a lot to remember. It says, you know, amongst all of these, that that these aren't um, that that no law is against these. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that that's always a safe way to reflect and integrate your faith into your work. Yeah, and you guys are working on some video-based tools, right, to help encourage people that are in the yes. workplace and stuff. Yes, what really we cool. did a lot of research and we heard our members, and what what you're saying is you're busy, you're busy, you can't, mm. you're already part of a small group, so 40 minutes, you don't really need that, you don't have that in your day. Yeah. So we're building tools that are accessible all day, every day, short little clips, little micro-learning episodes that mm. will encourage, will inspire, and shareable, that's the hope. All right, real quickly, before we move on, and we'll touch on this at the end, can you just give one action step that people can take if they want to get involved in workplace ministries here? Just in case their phone explodes while they're listening to this or watching it, and they can never find out how to get in touch with workplace ministries. Just give them like one step. Well, we have a webpage, our first iteration webpage. It really is such a basic saddleback.com slash works. Oh, nice. Saddleback works for your career. You Saddleback works for your life. Look at this. I know, a little cheesy, but I love it. Saddleback <laughs> works. Backslash. It's a slash works. And on that page, right now, just sign up for the newsletter because we just started launching um, these episodes in an email campaign. So oh, every awesome. couple of weeks, you're going to get a link that's... And you get to watch a story, a real life story of one of our volunteers and how do they intersect leadership and what does that look like in mm. in in the way that they've expressed it and what they've built, you know, like yeah. butt up against it, right? And yeah. hopefully it'll encourage you and they're really short, all of them. Sweet. Really cool. Yeah. That's great. Cool. We'll give some more of that in the in the end of the episode and we'll put all that stuff in the short notes so you can find that easily. Julie, let's get into it now. Who's your favorite? <gasps> my favorite. I'm a little fickle, but right now, my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> yeah, the favorite of the day. <laughs> My favorite flavor, sorry, Jeremiah, is oh. Jeremiah. <laughs> it is Jeremiah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> he kind of front-loaded it there I was a like, little. Sorry, Jeremiah, where are we going? <laughs> that you are the flavor of the month. Yeah, you Jeremiah. You're my forever right. and my eternal. But Jeremiah, right now, is is utterly my favorite Bible character. Okay, real quickly then, before we drill into to why and what you what you what you learned from him and all that stuff, just paint a little bit of a of a contextual picture for people. So kind of what world was Jeremiah living in? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay, so Jeremiah was one of the major prophets. He was um, 
he was pretty young when he got God's call. He mm. was in a really, really hard time historically, right? He yeah. was God's call was actually trying to prepare the kingdom of Judah for impending impending war. Like the Babylonian army was they were coming, you know, and yeah. he he worked really hard actually. I think Jeremiah's career went something like forty years. Yeah. But he took twenty three of those. That's why years. his book is so long, probably. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> he book, spent his y'all. time. <laughs> forty years <Yeah>. of writing <laughs> for your pleasure. But historically, he was really he lived in a really tumultuous time. It was yeah. it was stressful and it was corrupt. Mm-hmm. And um specifically for him too, God called him to not have a family. So he spent the better part of his life alone. I think he only had just a few friends too. And I think that um, that also adds to the whole, you know, weeping prophet thing. Who wouldn't cry? God said, no family for you. Yeah. So, yeah. So contextually, it was a really hard season. It wasn't yeah. like, I think, Proverbs where, you know, it was safe and people were flourishing and talking about, you know, advancing kingdom work, you know, intellectual yeah. stuff. It wasn't like that at all. Yeah. The expansion of the kingdom. Nope. And the was, united kingdom, yeah. for one. It was survival. Yeah. So by Jeremiah's time, the northern kingdom's already been wiped out. Yes. Jeremiah's... Yes. Basically, trying to warn the southern kingdom of Judah, like, look, right. because we have been unfaithful to God, we're going to be destroyed. But God is calling us to turn back. It's not too late to turn back. But right. um, I think it, history tells us that that wasn't really, it wasn't, he was never going to succeed at that because the people just wouldn't turn. Ugh. Yeah, rough. So, so yeah, weeping prophet, because in, in a, like, in terms of like outcome or, um, results delivered, like in the end, Jeremiah was, I think we can probably call Jeremiah, he was in himself a sign of God's faithfulness to continue warning, mm-hmm. to continue warning. I'll keep warning you, I'll keep warning you, I'll keep calling you back until the very last. Um, but God knew that his, that uh, Judah wasn't going to turn back. And then, of course, we have destruction and all that stuff that comes from that. But we get to learn from him thousands of years later. We sure yeah. do. Oh, and a quick quick touch, too. He's a major prophet, but that doesn't mean that the other prophets are not major. Major prophet just means that his book occupies a lot of space in the scripture, whereas the minors are shorty. Doesn't mean that like those little guys like Malachi weren't important. They were major too. There's no such thing as a minor prophet. No way. (laughs) Only small books. (laughs) (laughs) They all pointed to doom and gloom, though. It was a rough time. Yeah, Yeah, they did. Rough, rough time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, take us away, Jason. All right. So we like to start kind of by asking, what are some traits? Uh, that you found really appealing or that really drew you to Jeremiah besides him being a bullfrog? What <laughs> What are some other good traits that, that you found out of Jeremiah's besides life? that, what else is there? Who no. doesn't love a frog? Oh. Everyone at home was thinking the entire time. As soon as she said Jeremiah, <laughs> they were like, was a bullfrog and got it. And so we just- I'm we glad you just sort that. of like vented that so now everyone we can just set that aside it. and move yeah. forward without thinking about it. Good. You know- I have to say, the thing that makes him my favorite is just really how authentic he is. He was, he was, he didn't hold it back. He, when he was sad, the word says he was sad. When he yeah. complained or when he lamented or when he was, he just was really honest about mm. his fears and his insecurities. And I love that every single time, even from like chapter one with God's call, he was really honest with his secure and, and, and yeah. God re- responded with, reaffirming his call every single time. You know, yeah. we're not probably going to be called in the way that Jeremiah was, but I believe that when we call out, God will reaffirm every single time in the way yeah. that he did Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah, mm. specifically, like you brought Isaiah up. Isaiah, I think is so fascinating because Isaiah, when God said, you know, who will do this? Isaiah was like, send me in. I'm yeah. in. Let me go. And Jeremiah was like, I'm too young. What are you doing? I can't do this. And the word is so clear, like youth or, or you don't have the words is never an excuse, you right. know, and it doesn't disqualify a call. So I love that. Oftentimes in my life and when God says go, and my first inclination is I don't have the words, I don't have the skill. And like our pastor says, right, where he guides, he'll provide. And mm. I think we really see that in his story. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. Let's talk about the, the um, just the the leadership lessons that you've drawn out of his life? Like, what are the things that you have kind of applied to yourself from the life of Jeremiah? That's a really great question. Um, right now, my workplace ministry, my whole jam is how do you integrate faith at yeah. work? How do you integrate that in a practical way? You know, I think we all in our heads know, you know, the Great Commission, the Great Commandment. We all know in our heads God first, right? Mm. But there's a there's a difference between practice in theory, right? So you get into your job and you're swept away by the the conditions of your job and the and the and what work demands of you, you yeah. know? So in integrating your faith, what does that look like? And and that's a big deal for Jeremiah. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jeremiah, like specifically chapters 5 to 8, it talks about integrity and justice and it talks about what he saw in the people of Judah, you know, he saw them maybe not following God's ethics at mm. work, but then coming to temple on the weekends and he just couldn't stand that. He yeah. couldn't stand the lack <clears throat> of integrity mm-hmm. yeah. in these people. And he knew that that was angering. He knew that that upset and saddened God. And and that was some of the biggest lessons. And I think maybe that's why he's my favorite right now, because I think mm. it's such a good example, like what you said of our lessons right now, you know. Sure. Yeah, and what he was calling them to of just, you know, I think again going back to what does joy look like or what does working for common good look like, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think what's so cool and something that it kind of radiates out of how you talk about him is is his passion for God. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just he's very is a passionate guy. He he you know he, and he has the full spectrum. Of emotions come out in his book, yeah. As you're reading, and I think that's that's just a pretty cool element about him. Yeah, yeah, you know, even historically, so he was pretty young when God called him right into the priesthood, and those other priests they did not welcome him hmm. at all. I mean, he had a hostile work environment, and hmm. it was kind of like, um, like like Rudolph. You know, nobody would play with him in his reindeer <laughs> games. You know, he was really isolated. He had a corrupt work environment, and yeah. I think it's something like five times they tried to they tried to take his life. Mm-hmm. Like it was talk about a toxic and hostile work environment. And I wonder. I mean, I hope that nobody's experiencing that right now. But like, yeah. he is this picture of how and he's isolated. Yeah. You know, he's he's alone. He doesn't have a lot of. People that are for him. No HR department. No HR department. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. It's so sad. And I'd like it, to process a formal complaint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, you touched on the message of Jeremiah as well. Just that calling to for people to integrate their lives, to integrate faith back into their lives, which, which I think ties really perfectly to the work that you do here. Yeah. But this idea that you cannot live, you cannot live one way 
you know, five or six days a week and then, and then turn back to God, you know, once on Sunday or that kind of thing. That's not the, that's not the life of faith that we're called to. That's right. Um, like just church going in and of itself is not, that, that doesn't make a faithful follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the, why this show exists is because we're trying to help people to, to live out their faith in practical ways. And I love that you, you bring that into the workplace, an area that can feel, I think, really tricky for people to deal with because there are so many other pressures that are in play at work. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the demands that are on them, the the dynamic of that work environment. Plus we're humans. So just living at work and doing what we do, we can get sucked into the workplace drama. We can get sucked into workplace politics. Yeah. It's easy to just sort of fall into all that stuff. And then suddenly the lines between what's right and what's wrong, um, integrity and sort of selling out all just sort of, it all can just get mixed up if you don't have an, a clear compass. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's say, a big it, message there. It can affect your motivations too in the workplace. If you're overtaken by pride, overtaken by ambition, over mm. you know whatever. Oh, for sure. Because that's another you know another place where your faith really has to come in uh, to keep your heart on track for God. Oh yeah. Keep your heart in the right place. You know? yeah. yeah. Good. We we'll do that next one, Jason. Yeah. Um, all right. I love this question. Uh, if you could go back in time and watch any part of Jeremiah's life, what would it be? <laughs> okay. I thought about that. In chapter 38, like these people, these people were done hearing him talk about doom and gloom. Stop it. Okay, they were done. You're a downer, Jeremiah. (laughs) Poor guy, right? They were done. And And he's like, I know I am, but it's the truth. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. So chapter 38, these guys get him and they throw him into a cistern. Mm. Here's my confession. I didn't know what a cistern was. <laughs> well, there's pro- you just probably spoke to 90% of our audience, yeah. so please I define. I didn't know what a cistern <laughs> was. I had to Google it. I Googled it, and it turns out it's just like a water uh, container, okay? Yeah. But then I Googled cistern in the 5th century, okay? But they also, did, there's no pictures. <laughs> yeah. There's no cameras. There was <laughs> yeah. not even a drawing. So, but from the passage, it talks about, so it talks about, um, they were really mad. They throw him in the cistern. And this is the part that I want to watch, okay? There's this, there's this, uh, the king had a servant, some name, I forget his name. <laughs> Old what's-his-face. <laughs> but it only translates as king's servant, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but he was a, he was a, an immigrant. So that in mm. that time, he was a vulnerable person, okay? He was a king's servant. He watched this injustice. He saw what they did at his workplace, and he mustered up this courage and actually went to the king himself and said, this is what happened. Like, he he blew the whistle on this injustice of his workplace, and the king said, take 30 men and go get him out. So Mm. 30 men to take him out of a cistern? I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty big deal, okay? It's at least a good show of force. (laughs) 30 men to take Jeremiah out of a cistern. I would love to watch that time in history because not only that y'all that's chapter 38 chapter 39 begins the fall Mm. so chapter 39 actually shows the fall and i mean that's tragedy in real life but man with a bucket of popcorn who wouldn't want to watch that it's like (laughs) a that's one yeah sure right that is the fall of of jerusalem babylonian army comes in like Mm. that is that is dreamworks happening right there so i would want to watch that You actually, um, you you basically just gave us the prequel to Jay Cranda's episode from last week, which he, we talked with him about Daniel. Daniel. Oh, so you know Daniel was a yep. was a resident of Judah, taken mm-hmm. into captivity. 
go back and listen to Jay Cranda's episode from last week. I believe we entitled the episode uh, Trusting God Against All the Odds, or When the Odds Are Against You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So check that one out. But yeah, you basically just gave us like the the events leading up to that. Yeah. So 586 BC, I think it was, Ish. Nebuchadnezzar comes in and just just absolutely demolishes Judah. Like there's nothing left of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was a dramatic moment in the... I mean, and that was kind of like the the shoestring that was kind of holding God's kingdom in place was mm-hmm. finally just completely wiped yeah. out. And that was a that was a, a season that that Judeans would weep for for right. generations to come. Right. And I mean, again, totally not to minimize it, but that is epic. You know, can you imagine what that would look like? Because right after that is is lamentations, you know, and you know what they go through, you know what our people like the the heart of God and how much pain that yeah. But that's a movie. Mm. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's like Troy or something like that. Yeah. Or Gladiator. Or Gladiator. Right? Yeah. Something like that. All right. If you could ask Jeremiah one question, what would you ask him? Oh. Right now, if I could ask him, I wrote it down. I would ask him how he feels about this one verse going viral. You know, Jeremiah 29, before I know the plans I have. Yeah. I wonder how he would feel about only half of that verse going viral, right? (laughs) In this this context that he wrote it in such despair, you know? I mean, he was really casting hope for people, Mm -hmm. but not in, it wasn't the context in which they were living. And I think that I'm just so curious what he would think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my question. Yeah. He spoke hope, but I wonder if he, I wonder if he, I mean, in the end, it was hope that was just out of reach, like, or, or hope that they would never really right. hang on to. And I wonder how much of that he knew. Mm-hmm. Like, how much, say, I think that's so interesting. How much of that God revealed to him, or if, or if God maybe just didn't tell him what the out, final outcome would be because it would just completely demoralize, I mean, it would completely take the, yeah. I think in his, as a human being, you'd think, well, why am I doing this? Right. You know? Well, right. When Babylon army, when they, when they uh, conquered, right? Jeremiah was was collateral damage, you know? Yeah. So we see it, I mean, even in a, an example in in our workplace today when corporations fall or when, they, when they're taken out by bad decisions of, you know, executives and leadership, there's a lot of collateral damage. He was imprisoned with the rest of, you know, yeah. children and innocent people, and he was part of that, which makes a lot of sense of why he would write Lamentations. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no evidence that he was but i believe that, that would be my second question for him did you really write lamentations because <laughs> it makes a lot of sense yeah. right oh yeah but um yeah that would be my question how do you feel about that you know in this day and age and it going viral and all of these people knowing your word like what would you want that you know i was curious yeah it's so interesting that like god knew what was going to come yeah and he still yeah. gave that word you know the four yeah. know the plans i have for you so it's really that trusting not just in not just in the reign of this kingdom right here, but individuals trusting God. Yeah. Even despite being conquered. Yeah. You that's can right. still trust God. You know, I think that's it's a really cool little word. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a I, I kinda I think I hinted at it earlier, but there's just like um there's like a really sweet like you really see the 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 kindness and goodness of God being delivered through Jeremiah because Mm-hmm. God knew. God knew that they were never going to turn. He knew it was going to end in disaster, but he didn't stop 
with that the tender outstretched hand saying, I'm still here though, I'm still here to the to the very end. And I think it's such such a sign of God's such a sign of God's um, faithfulness to his covenant, yeah. even if the other end of his covenant was being unfaithful, even if, you know, the the human keepers of the covenant or, or you know, the covenant members weren't keeping their covenant. And I think we can take that, uh, I think there's parts of that we can apply to our lives really easily today. And it's that truth that um, we live every day with God's outstretched hand right before us. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no moment where God says, I will no longer, like I won't, I, if you call on me, I won't come to your rescue anymore kind of a thing. And I think Jeremiah kind of gives us a picture of that Uh, to the very end. He's like, just come back, just come back, just Mm -hmm. come back. And if we, even today, will come back, if we, no matter how far away from God we've gotten, if we'll turn back, God's always right there. Yeah, that's a good word because I think there's a duality there, right, in Jeremiah, because not only does that happen with the kingdom of Judah, but for Jeremiah himself, I mean, I want to say like, more than a dozen times he's questioning or he's confessing that he's scared or he's confessing that he's insecure about these things. And every single time God reaffirms his call, God says, no, this is why you're here. This is what I need you to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, that really just solidifies his promise. And he, he keeps his promise no matter what his promise is that he will be with us, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I love. I think speaking of workplace ministry too, like, Jeremiah seems to be a great example of sticking with something, even when you don't see the results, Yes, is mm-hmm. sticking with something when God is calling you something. And just yeah. trusting that, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a results-driven reason for why you're doing what you're doing. But instead, it can be just, you know, if God is calling you someplace, just trusting that he has you there for a reason. And you may not understand it fully. Mm-hmm. You may not see the results from it that you are looking for, yeah. but the results may be completely different than what you're looking for. A hundred percent. That that goes back to that whole integrity issue. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, I think, can you, can you go to bed at night knowing that you did what you were supposed to do, you know? And yeah. the collateral damage exists in this fallen world. It's just what it is. But, you know, who is your audience? You know, is God... Are you doing the things or, or I think it is, I think it's a lot easier for us to be believers in the workplace than we've actually, than, than believing the lies that it isn't. You know what I mean? I think Mm. that we reflect being a believer in our workplace when we do have joy or when we make good decisions and people are watching and we don't Mm. realize, you know, I I heard, um, Erwin McManus talk about that, you know, and just what we're called to is if we can reflect who God created us to be in the workplace. The hope is that somebody who sees us going, wow, if, if he can do it, then maybe so can I, Yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean being perfect. That means making decisions. Yeah. Honoring God. That's, that's it. You yeah. can do both and all your work can be for the common good, you know? Hmm. That's good. That's great. All right. Shall we go into a little bit of uh rapid fire? The bonus fun. round right here. <clears throat> rapid fire. I forget right. who's starting. Are you starting? You want to lead up? Uh, yeah, sure, I can do it. Okay. All right, if you were going to cast... Listen, listen, hold listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 thinking. you haven't even got there yet. <laughs> oh, right. It's not where you're thinking. It's not what you're if thinking. You're, oh. If Jeremiah... <laughs> but that question's coming later, so go ahead. <laughs> ...was being cast in a movie as a superhero, what hero would he be? Yeah. What hero would he be? What? <laughs> if he, you mean like, are we talking Avengers? Who would sure. sure. If he was, you know, it could be like, you know, Batman. Could be... Supersonic teenage warhead girl. Or I think, <laughs> I think he would be the Incredible Hulk. I think because Incredible, like 
Banning, man, that guy laments. That guy is sad. And he feels like it was an accident how he became this way, you know? And yeah. and I also feel like Jeremiah didn't choose this call for him either. And there's this this brokenness about him and this isolation. I go That's with pretty that. good. That's yes. pretty good. And just like Banner, he kind of uh he kind of he has a kind of a love-hate relationship with his calling yes. too. I mean, like Banner yes. kind of longs to be work. set free from the Hulk. Yes. And yes. just like Jeremiah so often wanted to turn from his calling but mm-hmm. remain faithful to him. And him. he lives That's such good. an isolated life, you know. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, I think people the forget jungles that. of Ecuador <laughs> for a while. <laughs> or in India, remember he lived in India. But uh, she, she wow. got this down. Oh, you did call him Banning, though. So I called him Banner. You know I the did. at first okay. you said Banning, said, did okay. I and I thought you were referencing it's Hook, okay. which his name is Peter. Because Banning, we've been talking about integrity, oh. I just had to point that out. But we're good now. <laughs> I apologize. We're good now. I think that's a pretty good call. At first, you threw me. I thought, really, the Hulk? You but did good with actually, that. as we talked about Crush it, that. you've won me over. Thanks. All right, um, I'm going to change up the second question. Good because uh, it's dumb. <laughs> it's not dumb. Whatever. Um, okay. <laughs> If Jeremiah could be any animal other than a bullfrog, what would he be? <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. An animal? If he if he was an animal, what type of or what animal or type of animal would he be? <laughs> oh, an animal. I have one in mind. Do you? Yeah, but I want to hear yours what first. No, I'm almost more curious about what you have in mind. I know, me too. I'm going with howling monkey. <laughs> Okay. How's, yeah. How so? Because he's warned. He's like alert. He's, uh, he's just loud. Again he's alerted. Again. He just, yeah. <laughs> he's a harbinger. All right. I'm going to go with that. Okay. I don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay. <laughs> we'll take that. All right. If your person was going to, co- excuse me, if your person, that's what's on this sheet. If uh, Jeremiah was going to compete in an Olympic sport, what do you think he'd compete in? <laughs> in the Olympic sport? And since we're in the Winter Olympics, just, you know, think of a winter sport. What would he do? Well, we know it wouldn't be curling, so don't even go there. Oh, that's the first thing I'd <laughs> no, say. That's because it's the most humorous of the Olympics. I'm thinking sports. skeleton. What's that? It's like a, a down. It's like a luge kind of thing. Oh. Oh, is that the one where you go face forward? Yes. Okay, that one. I choose that one. Because he likes to live life on the edge. And it's yeah. <laughs> we keep feeding you these. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, y'all are so smart. I'm gonna <laughs> I, go with it. Jason I just is. Pick random sure. ones. They just come to my mind. Okay. <laughs> well, we got that. Okay. So back to what you thought the original question was going to be. Who would play Jeremiah in a movie of his life? I stopped thinking about that one. Well, okay, help me out because I think he'd have to be young. Okay, he'd have to well, be... Well, depending this. on which point in his ministry s- you're in. Well, okay, because I was going to say Sean Connery first. Well, I'd like to watch, <laughs> I would like to watch him age. I would like to watch all 40 oh, years of his life. So a so movie that's shot over begin. the course of 40 years. <gasps> I like Boyhood, yeah. And I if it's like his long book, it would have to be like a uh, eighty hour movie. I'd hate to pick somebody blue eyed, but I would have to pick maybe Chris Pine. Because I like looking at him. Okay. Or, um, <laughs> I could see Chris Pine doing that. Okay. I can. I would Especially really with see. his beard that he's rocking oh, in a wrinkle man. in time. He's got the beard going on. Fabulous. Yeah. Yes. He'd bring some humor to it too, somehow. We'd figure that out. If I could always oh, yeah. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Okay. All right. Uh this last question. You can change it up if you want. Although we've gotten good responses out of it. It's before. too late. Yeah, yeah. I won't throw it aside because as dumb as I think this question is, we always get we always get something good out of it. Oh no, now there's an expectation. Do you think Jeremiah <laughs> would be a pencil guy or a pen guy? I would say pencil. No, no, no. 
I would oh, say oh. Penn. That's where I was going to. <gasps> okay, on the basis of? I would say Penn because he was consistent with his message. There was no erasing that needed to happen. He said the same thing Bravo. for 23 years, and he needed it to be in Penn. There you go. Yeah. Yeah? That's like great. It. See, we always get good responses <laughs> from that. All right, so quick reminders as we wrap up, because we want to get people connected into workplace ministries. You out there, you know if you need to be connected into, work, into workplace ministries, because it's pretty if much all of you. working, you do. Yeah. Julie, remind us, how can we get involved if we want to? Go to the webpage, saddleback.com slash works. Because Saddleback works for you. Well, we want to <laughs> work for you. Yeah. Is that the tagline? <laughs> no, I just came that. Well, maybe it is now. Well, it works for your vocation. You're welcome. It works for your call. I think yeah. I just really want it to work. I, I'm practical theology is my jam so if it doesn't apply then i mean i won't waste your time yeah yeah good okay sweet thanks for being here julie (laughs) now i'll look to our audience (laughs) thanks for watching thanks for listening we'll see you next week if you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode consider giving us a rating or a review on itunes if you do you'll help other people find us in the future And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Bye.